welcome to the Reading for Success podcast brought to you by the Success League. This podcast focuses on books, articles, and other resources for customer success, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not it's worth your time. Hi, my name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Reading for Success. I'm also the CEO of the Success League, a boutique customer success consulting and training firm based in San Francisco. Today is week three of my review of The Effective Manager by Mark Horseman, with chapters seven through nine on delivering feedback. You need to be able to deliver feedback, both positive and negative, as a manager. So I think this is a critical topic for all of the customer success leaders in the audience. That said, before we get to the book, I'm going to talk about an article from Harvard Business Review called A New Model for Ethical Leadership by Max Bazerman. You can find this article in the September-October 2020 print edition or online at hbr.org. This article talks about how we all have systemic cognitive barriers that blind us to our own unethical behaviors as leaders, and we tend to choose solutions that benefit ourselves and put the greater good as a secondary objective. This happens because we tend to be looking at scenarios as one-offs. But by comparing potential solutions side by side, the author argues that we can better choose solutions that maximize the greater good. So how is this related to customer success? I think that in customer success, we are confronted with ethical issues all of the time. Which customer's feature request should come first? The one represented by the customer paying you the most money or the one with the most small customers behind it? Is one tiny customer's request going to outweigh a bunch of other customers' requests simply because they are yelling the loudest? We have to weigh these kinds of issues all the time. So what are my key takeaways here? Uh, First of all, full disclosure, I am a big fan of The Good Place. So I am also a fan of moral philosophy, and I think it's interesting to think about. And this article is chock full of it. So um, that said, if you're not a fan of deep thinking around ethics, this article won't be appealing to you. If you read the article and you think, I want some more, there are two things I'd recommend to you. First, watch The Good Place. You can stream it on Netflix. It's just four seasons long. It features Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. And in my opinion, it finds a really sweet balance between comedy and heartfelt emotion. And it is not at all religious. Um, If you're more interested in the nuts and bolts of ethics, check out Ethics Bra, that is B-R-A-H, by my kid's high school ethics teacher. He is amazing at explaining ethics in a down-to-earth way, and you can see all of his ethics classes on YouTube. So go to YouTube and look for Ethics Bra. However, my kid does go to a Catholic school, so these videos do touch on ethics from a religious standpoint. Um, I'll add the links into the episode description. Choose your own adventure there. Inside the article itself, I think my biggest takeaway was that comparing options side by side rather than evaluating one option at a time tends to lead to a more ethical decision. I have actually seen this in hiring, which they mention in the article. When you're comparing two candidates, you tend to make a better hire than when you're evaluating one candidate. And I agree, it's always easier to apply strong ethics to a decision between two choices than one choice. I also like the discussion about trade-offs and opportunity costs. 
I think that in customer success, we often forget about opportunity costs. Um, these are the things that we are letting go of because we're making a certain decision. In customer success, this comes into play when we do things like let a large client demand a customer solution, when doing that means we won't get a solution for all of our smaller clients. It also means things like spending time managing support tickets instead of spending time on strategic activities that move our clients forward. This article really highlights opportunity costs and how to think about those in light of the common good. So is this article worth your time? Again, if you're not a big fan of moral philosophy, this article probably won't be all that appealing to you. Um, that said, as I've mentioned, most of us in CS are making trade-offs on a daily basis. So I think that if you look at this article in a very practical way, you can get a lot of value from it. I would recommend it to CSMs and CS leaders who want to make sure they are living by their values at work. On to our book, The Effective Manager by Mark Horstman. Again, today we'll be covering chapters seven through nine on giving feedback on performance. This is such an important aspect of leadership and I hope you'll stick around as I talk about Mark's approach. So what is this section about? Chapter seven is called Talk About Performance, Feedback. This chapter covers the manager tools approach to talking about performance, either good or bad. Chapter eight is called Common Questions and Resistance to Feedback. I'm sure you're seeing a theme here. This chapter is about what to do if you run into challenges from your team as you start providing performance feedback. And chapter nine is, again, a short chapter called How to Start Delivering Feedback, and it's five pages long, and it's about exactly that. So what do I agree with here? I'll just state up front that I agree with most of what Mark says about delivering feedback. I only have one bone to pick with this section of the book, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. My big takeaway is the um, modesty, frankly, with, with which Horseman talks about giving feedback. Um, my favorite quote in this section is, don't despair, you were doing it wrong. So was I, and so were most other managers for most of our careers. Feedback isn't inherently difficult to give or receive. When you do it wrong, however, it feels really wrong to the direct, um, but doing it right isn't all that difficult, end quote. This should be really encouraging for all of us who have direct reports and who haven't been having good luck delivering feedback to our team members. Um, and if that's you, this is your call to keep reading. Mark lays out a very succinct approach to delivering feedback in Chapter 7. First, ask for permission to give feedback. Second, state the behavior you're seeing. Third, state the impact the behavior is having on your boss or your team or your customers. And then finally, encourage effective future behavior. If you wanna skip the rest of this chapter and the next two chapters, just follow that advice. That said, Mark provides excellent examples of the words to say in specific situations, which leads me to my next point. The words you say when you're giving feedback matter. The author outlines a strong approach to delivering feedback on pages 112 through 115 of the book and provides examples of how to go about making sure the feedback you provide is most likely to be accepted. I love the very practical examples throughout chapters seven and eight of the book. Mark really breaks down into scripts and provides excellent examples that are related to common situations and weird corner cases that may come up as you're providing feedback. And it's a really useful section of the book. In chapter eight, as the author was talking about not giving feedback when you're angry, a flashback to my daughter's childhood popped up for me. Um, as any parent in our audience has, I'm sure, faced a similar situation, I'll share it with you. Um, 
After being told that it was a serious no-no, our daughter stuck stickers to our hardwood floors. And when she was confronted, she claimed that the dog had done it. I explained to her that the dog lacked the opposable thumbs to peel stickers off a sheet and attach them to our floor so she knew she was in trouble. I, however, was so amused at how audacious her lie was, um, it was hard to not laugh, um, that her punishment was pretty minimal. Her embarrassment at being caught in a lie, however, kept her from doing it again. Um, I think similarly, Mark talks about how to provide feedback when you're past the point of angry and in fact uses his partner Mike as an example and talks about how he waits until he can chuckle about it before he gives it it, you know feedback and I think that's fantastic advice. Finally I really like the focus on giving feedback about what to do differently versus what you did wrong. I really believe that most people show up to work wanting to do a good job and not wanting to just get away with what they can. By assuming that your team members are wanting to do what is good, you can provide feedback and have that be seen as encouraging and growth developing rather than discouraging. So what did I disagree with here? I think the only part of this section that I disagree with is holding off on providing negative feedback for eight weeks. I get Mark's perspective. If you've never given feedback before, this could come as shocking or be delivered incorrectly. However, I think that if in fact you're doing what your mission is as a manager in your company, you're obligated to give negative feedback as soon as you see it. It isn't an all or nothing proposition for most managers. Most managers have been, albeit probably incorrectly based on the book, um, giving feedback for some time. And these managers have no time to waste on developing an appropriate delivery style for eight whole weeks. They need to communicate quickly. So I say go for it. Read these chapters and start to deliver both positive and negative feedback right away. Is this section worth reading? CS leaders, if you have never offered feedback to your team before, these chapters are a must read. This is such an important part of management that you can't afford to skip this section of the book. CSMs who are aspirational leaders, this is for you as well. You need to understand that giving candid feedback to team members is a part of the job of a manager. If you aren't comfortable with it, better to know that now and stick with an individual contributor role. On our final episode of The Effective Manager, we're going to cover chapters 10 through 14 on coaching and delegation. All of you perfectionists out there, you need to join us for this next episode where we're going to burst your bubble on the effectiveness of perfectionism. If you want to read along, you can find this book on Amazon and Audible. Since this is a newer podcast, if you like it, please take a couple of minutes to rate it and subscribe. This really helps us get the word out. I would also love feedback on the timing, format, or content of this podcast and book suggestions. Just email me at kristen at thesuccessleague.io. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join Reading for Success next time.